What a customer was eating five years ago is completely different now. So you've got to stay sharp on that market front. Because food waste really starts at the farm and then it finishes at the end of a scraped plate. This is the Food and Beverage Podcast, your B2B show for the best thought leadership in the industry, bringing you education, information, and inspiration, only on MarketScale. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Food and Beverage Podcast, brought to you by MarketScale. I'm your host, Daniel Litwin, the voice of B2B. There are so many moving pieces to juggle if you're a restaurant that delivers. Drivers, inventory, orders, incentivizing delivery and loyalty programs, etc. It's a very difficult harmony to find, but it doesn't have to be difficult. I'd like to welcome Ryan Blackman and Eddie Laban from Granberry Solutions onto the podcast, and they're here to break down how software is helping delivery restaurants maximize efficiency, increase customer engagement, and decrease costs. Ryan, Eddie, great to have you on. How are you both doing? Doing great, Daniel. Thank you. Thanks for having us, Daniel. It's a blast being here. Absolutely. Yeah, I'm looking forward to chatting. We've got the muffins in front of us. We are we are set to go. We're ready for <laughs> uh, some good conversations oh, on yeah. restaurant software today. Oh, yeah, we sure are. So I'd like to start by looking at just delivery as an aspect of business as a whole. So why is delivery a desired business decision for restaurants in today's day and age? Well, if you look at it in the big picture, uh, you know, we talked about 58% of the orders now are being eaten outside of the home. So we know that, the, that there's a, definitely a need for it. Uh, the competition out there are acquiring these third-party uh, aggregate delivery services that really are get out there getting their customers and bringing them into, uh, you know, opening them up to many different restaurants. So. Uh, it's important to put yourself out there and be able to execute the, those delivery functions. Yeah, I mean, just from people my age now. I mean, I'm considered a millennial. Sure. Um, most As people, am I. yeah. So and I'm most an old. people, yes. I'm old. <laughs> uh, so most people around my age, you know, they go. We order online. It's either a mobile app or an online website. I can't even tell you the last time I actually probably called a pizza location to put an order in or right. a Chinese bistro or something like that. It's always just going directly online. And if you don't have that presence, you know, if if it's in me and I'm searching a restaurant, I just move on to the next person essentially that actually has those services available. Right. Right. Well, I mean, I know I'm probably a little outdated here, but I still like to call the pizza place. Yeah. And I know that they really don't incentivize me to want to call. You know, there's always deals online. There's always something that pushes me to, hey, use the app if you want $5 off or use something. And my laziness, just I just call. But I know that everything is transitioning to you, know, you have to have the right app, you have to have the right web presence, online presence to motivate people, especially if you're a, a delivery restaurant. And delivery restaurants really need to make sure they're owning their web experience. You, what you just talked about there, uh, being able to make the connection with the customers are very important. I, I'm like you. I, I enjoy the, the personal connection. <laughs> sure. But as Ryan just said, that's not how people are reaching out. We see that just growing exponentially, uh, people going by their phones. Uh, and I'm not sure some people even know that is a phone that they have that they can call on yeah. that same oh, device. Yeah. Right. Uh, they want to they just want to search and make it easy and uh, you know being able to own your own experience start to finish on the online as well as on the phone is very important. For sure. So when businesses move to want to be in delivery or if someone's opening a business with the key idea that we want this to be a delivery restaurant, 
what is there typically to gain there? What is the the end goal? Um, obviously, you said more people are eating out of the restaurant than in the restaurant, so that's probably one of the biggest motivators. But is there anything else that is really motivating those kind of decisions? I think for restaurants, uh, you know, when you're dealing with in-store dining, you you there's so much effort put into a customer signature experience, right? So when you're creating an online presence or a delivery uh, experience, you, you need to create those same signature experiences. So right. it's it's very hard to, uh, uh, you know, when, when you're in dining, you, you talk about steps of service and greeting and all those little pieces that go with in-store dining. Uh, a delivery, you know, in the, in the old days, if I can say that. <laughs> in the old olden days, days, right. You know, when people would call in, the, the order would be pushed to the bartender and the bartender wouldn't pick up because they know it had to, they had to go away from their normal routine but now that's that's changing so much that you know um, you know started a while back where uh, full service restaurants are creating creating that online service or the uh, curbside service yeah and that was just that one first step in uh, you know going the direction that we're going now we started that curbside service yeah and then it, and then it went to online but the idea is create a signature experience for your customers so they'll come back. Now, you know, an impact of a delivery, a great delivery experience is far greater, in my opinion, than something in store. Because, you, you know, you're at your home, uh, you get great service from your delivery person, you open up the package, and it's packaged perfectly, it's hot, it's great. Uh, you want to be able to create those same uh, moments, like, uh, you know, you see so many things on Instagram of somebody at a restaurant taking a picture of a great looking dish of food. Yeah. Imagine if you can do that with delivery right you know that that's very impactful putting that level of care from your customers that actually step into the restaurant and taking that over and, and delivering that as well on your your remote orders for customers that really goes a long way in showing them that you know that that is still valued you're still a valued customer because there's no face-to-face -face interaction it's not like i'm sitting down and ordering from you guys anymore this is i'm no longer at the shop anymore can you still make this as your you know your quality um dish essentially and I mean, for some stores that almost exclusively are delivery, and uh, that's mostly like pizza places, um, there's infrastructure to think about too. You don't have to build out a store that seats 50 plus, right? You can oh, yeah. have basically just a counter, one or two tables for people that you know are waiting for their order. But it's kind of a you you know come in come out or it's a delivery thing. So does that go into the decision making process as well? Deciding that you know we want to really focus on the food quality and on that personalized experience instead of necessarily building out some kind of in store experience. Oh yeah, I would I would say one hundred percent. I actually had a customer that's out in California that I kind of helped um, rebrand his location where he was. You know, traditional delivery slash sit down pizza shop. And then he actually moved over to a new warehouse building, eliminated all of the um, customer tables, everything like that. So just imagine it's like a bigger version of walking into a little Caesars. You just <laughs> There's just the front counter, right. a cooler for drinks, and that was it. But what he did was he went completely online. He launched you know, a mobile app. He went online ordering, went all these uh, different avenues, and he expanded his menu to essentially make it so he wasn't just pizza. He was doing fast food, you know, Tex-Mex, barbecue, pretty much anything you like bar food, traditional American. Yeah. And he made that complete transition just to be able to keep up with his market space because everyone around him was going to delivery. So he just dove headfirst into that hmm. and, and literally rebranded his entire store.
that's pretty incredible. Yeah, and something to add to that, one of the, one of the things when you do something along those lines is you um, don't have to have as much staffing. So right. if you exactly if you're doing servers and all, all that, yeah, um, you know now you're not managing every customer contact. Now you have fewer contacts to, to manage, and you can make those a better experience for the customers. But uh, there are a lot of uh, people going with this uh, with that model of just creating. Uh, no, no dining. It's all pickup and delivery, or not even pickup, just all delivery. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you can take it in certain directions with that, and change, be able to change your kitchen quickly, things like that. Oh yeah, yeah. So it sounds like going in the delivery route has a lot of bonuses, but it also has challenges to it, um, especially for business owners that have never had to deal with those delivery challenges ever before in their life. So I slightly listed them out in my little intro, but I want to unpack them more with both of you. You're the experts. So what are the big challenges that delivery restaurants face and why are the, and why are delivery restaurants typically more prone to those difficulties? I think right off the bat, the number one problem you run into is options. There's a lot of different options out there nowadays. So who's to say what's going to be better for my restaurant location? Is that going to be Grubhub? Is it going to be Uber Eats? Is it going to be Chow Now? I mean, or you, all of them. Or all of them. I mean, I have some customers now that use a plethora of these, you know, listed out. And it's it, that's like the the first step, honestly, is is kind of gathering of what's going to be best for your area. Because, you know, Uber Eats might be a good resource, but that might have just launched in your area. There might not be a lot of traction for customers. They may not know that that's available to them yet versus, you know, Grubhub where they've been in your area for a couple of years. Right. And you already have a lot of customers in that area using those services. So it's it's definitely, there's a lot of options out there now. And as a restaurant owner, it's it's really hard to decide what's best right off the bat for your company. And, and kind of going off of what those particular services do, um, they're, they're great, and they they'll sell the, their services as uh, able to increase your business, and certainly they do. Uh, but one thing to remember when you have that many or d- third party services, uh, they now own that customer experience. Where you're in your store, you have your delivery, you have your uh, uh, your own customer experience. When you go to these other third parties, now they own that. Not only do they own the experience, they own the customer information. Right. So, uh, you know, that, that's part of their customer database, not your database. Mm-hmm. So once you farm that out, you know, w- what I just mentioned about signature experiences, it's now it's going to be their signature experience, not yours. So it's real important to uh, uh, really weigh the, uh, the, the benefits of those third parties. Yes, they collect your, uh, get, maybe bring your, more people to your restaurant, but you need to find a way to bridge that and bring those customers to your website and then be able to hold on to your own customer experience. Is there still a push for people to hire their own delivery staff? Because um, the things you just mentioned were very much you know, the third-party yeah. um, delivery options. Well, I would say, going back to what Eddie was talking about and owning that customer experience, I would say that you want to have those delivery drivers on your staff. I know that Uber Eats, they take care of that. And in some situations, you know, Grubhub and a few others will use their delivery drivers. But again, that's using their services. So right. if anything is happening to that order in transition from your location to, you know, the customer's house, that's not a reflection of Uber Eats. It's not a reflection of Grubhub. It's a reflection of your restaurant. Mm-hmm. So just to kind of eliminate that and kind of further that customer experience, I would definitely say that having your own delivery drivers kind of keeps that under your control a little bit tighter. Gotcha. 
there yeah you train them you you tell them how you you want them to treat their customers uh so it's i think having your own drivers uh, just makes your impact even better yeah what are some of the most creative ways that you've seen companies brand themselves through their delivery something that they've done that sort of goes above and beyond and that really showcases if you do it right delivery can be almost even more effective than that in-store experience I think you had a really good one about a local shop next to your house. Yeah, you, there's there's plenty of ways to do it. Uh, you know, we I already touched upon a couple things. About, uh, you know, creative packaging is one way. Uh, branding that package is another way. Putting extras in uh, a, a to-go bag uh, that you don't see. Like often when you you know you go to a Mexican restaurant, what do you get? You get chips and hot sauce. Are you including that in your to-go experience? Right. Uh, there are restaurants that add. Um, little extra bonuses, maybe small desserts, uh, you know, be thankful for those people using their service and, or, uh, you know, incentives to, um, information about incentives to use your online process. Hey, you know, go through our service next time and get $5 off your next Mm -hmm. order. Inspecting the, uh, the uh, orders, you know, what Ryan was mentioning is I had a local pizza restaurant that whenever I picked up, they always opened up the pizza with you and looked at it. And the, the preparer would always sign it. And, you know, that always added. And the one time they didn't do that, it really stuck out in my mind. Like, oh, wow, they didn't check my pizza. Right. Yeah. Uh, but that also a personal note is another great way. Imagine getting a personal note uh, uh, from, you know, say that's your regular order. And the owner says, hey, thanks for ordering this uh, so many times. Uh, you know, here's next one you order is on me. Little notes like that really can make an impact with your customers. Yeah, it's just I don't know of anyone else outside of South Texas, but Dairy Queen, every time you go there and you get a blizzard, they always dunk it upside down to test it out. It's just little things like that. And like you were saying, you remembered that the one time they didn't do it because it was an experience that you've gotten used to. So just those little things while you think that customers may not be picking up on them, it's always there in their mind. They're always going to be realizing these little nuances. Yeah, and it's just a you know, along with that competition, we've already talked about being creative with your delivery process. That was the original question is is there are just millions of ways, many restaurants out there, there are people trying to find the edge and being creative is is a way to do it. For sure. So often being creative though comes with its cost, especially if we're talking about uh, packaging and and that kind of stuff, you know, the higher quality you want to do, and then you, you scale that up, you start looking at bigger costs. So what are, other than packaging, but I mean, definitely dive into that a little bit as well. What are some of the biggest costs in general for a restaurant that wants to break into delivery or already has broken into delivery? Yeah, well, like we, just, we went ahead and we talked about packaging for everything and not realizing those prices. Well, I think the biggest one that I notice is going with these third-party online ordering services and one of the unexpected costs behind them you do get to see a lot of the upfront with them, but on the tail end of that, some of these services, they have a per order charge. So you are paying a certain percentage of those orders. And that's a lot of restaurant owners coming into it and using these. They don't like they don't plan in the long run how many orders they're actually going to be taking. So that that monthly or that per order charge can get up to be, you know, three or four hundred dollars a month. And that's something as a restaurant owner you might have not planned for. So now you got to make cuts somewhere else whether that be in staffing and man hours or ingredients that you're purchasing and the quality of those. So that definitely has the reflect that I feel a lot of restaurant owners that are launching these products don't necessarily see right off the bat because they're blindsided by the fact that, oh, well, now I'm getting online ordering. I'm opening up this huge market space. I can have so much more money coming in, but it's a little twofold with that one. You got to make sure that 
the customers are going to be there. The average ticket price is going to be a little bit higher and you guys aren't going to be eating a lot of those costs up front. So, yeah, I imagine that you're, you're almost penalized for being really good and growing your, yeah. growing your sales. <laughs> you kind of get a little penalized because this is a per, per transaction charge. Mm-hmm. But along the, you know, the other things we talked about, you know, you, you know, having the proper staffing is a cost people don't take into consideration. Uh, the packaging obviously is uh, a big deal. And, you know, if you're not putting out dollars in other areas, you know, you may be able to absorb that packaging uh, cost. But, um, you know, nowadays, eco-friendly packaging is such a big deal. And, you know, if you can use that as a selling point, then great. Uh, right. You know, again, you, you see if your return on that investment is, is worth it. But uh, packaging, uh, staffing, and, and looking over those individual processing costs are uh, you know, Ryan didn't mention that they these other parties also own the processing fees of credit cards. Yes. So you kind of lose that along with that customer database. You lose the ability to manage that, and you're paying what what they have uh, agreed to, which mm. sometimes yeah, that's can be a, that's out. a big thing. A lot of customers never take into um, aspect right there is that you got to figure out merchant process processing charges on these things. You know, try to get the best rate for yourself because in turn behind those per order charges, you could get eaten alive by the merchant processing fees associated with that. So that's just another unforeseen cost. And it's really hard to calculate those off the top unless you've been running it with a couple of months and you can kind of see the average cost associated with that. But in some cases that might be, you know, too late essentially, because you may have just kind of dug your little hole already. Right. An aspect of the delivery restaurant we haven't brought up yet is loyalty programs, which tie into sort of all the other things we've already talked about. Um, the costs, the the branding, the engagement, um, bringing a loyalty program into the mix sort of helps with everything. It can help decrease costs, can help increase customer engagement, um, and really it can be that that extra foot forward on the branding, tie in with the packaging, tie in with the entire one-on-one customer experience. So. How are y'all seeing loyalty programs play into mm, solving some of the challenges that delivery restaurants face, um, but also create some great opportunities for them? Yeah, I, I think that you brought up a really good example in the beginning of all this, Daniel, was uh, mobile ordering. Some customers, they want to go do that just because I've got a coupon online. Why would I not want to use that? Right. So right there, that's a perfect example of getting a customer in the door through a loyalties program. Um, say you've got you've just launched your online ordering or your mobile platform for customers, maybe using your loyalty program to kind of branch out to those customers and notifying them, you know, giving them a special offer for their first online order. That's going to start to push that traffic over there. And then obviously word of mouth catches on with the loyalty program. More customers sign on. They're getting these offers. They're going online. They're purchasing. You're, you're basically like helping speed up that traffic from just the the slow trickle that you're usually getting to kind of using rewards to get that traffic to speed up, essentially. Yeah, loyalty loyalty programs kind of bring everything that you've done in your restaurant, br- brings it all together and, and creates a dialogue with your customer. So, uh, you know, you talk about customer experiences, uh, cus- uh, owning that. That's what a loyalty program does. So, you know, g- you know, going back to the old person here, you know, back to the, the TV show Cheers, uh, where everybody knows your name. How great was that? Well, the, a loyalty program is really that, you know, yeah. uh, right now. Because you know, when you walk into a restaurant or you place an order and someone knows your name, knows your order, uh, can say happy birthday, right. uh, little things like that really make a big, huge impact. Uh, you know, not to, to keep going back to my uh, uh, the pizza pizza restaurant in my neighborhood, but I, I love their pizza. Uh, oddly, they never reach out to me and they never, they never, they don't know my name. Mm-hmm. I've been there many times. They don't know my name. 
Uh, they don't know any of that stuff. And, and, it, and, you know, I often order pizzas from somewhere else just because of that, because there are people around that do that. But um, loyalty programs bring all that together. And you see even some of these bigger chains that we see that have moved to using Uber Eats as delivery and, and other services into delivery. An example of that would be McDonald's. Now, you know, it, we're, we're competing with McDonald's for delivery, but they're also moving to a probably going to go to a loyalty program as well. So that's how impactful it can be. We know that the, it's all out there and people are reaching out to those customers in many different ways. Uh, but a loyalty program will bring it all together uh, and really kind of, again, you want to know the customer's name. What are they ordering? Uh, hey, thanks for coming in. Yeah. Uh, you know, just the little touches that make mm-hmm. it m- separate yourself from everybody else. Beyond just the free stuff, yeah. right? It's it's a way to really connect with those customers. It's kind of creating a sense of community with you and your customers, sure. definitely. And then just to touch back on what you were saying that you've, you know, the restaurant that you were brought up, the pizza place, and they don't, you know, send you any offers and notify you Never. or reach out or anything. <laughs> so you go and shop somewhere else. It's also a really good thing that I always try to tell people is if, if you're in an area that has other restaurants that are similar to yourself and they don't offer a loyalty system, if you bring a loyalty system in, customers are more apt to be shopping with you because they're going to be returned for their value of shopping. They're right. not, you know, I'm not going to go down the street if I'm not going to get any more bang for my buck. If you guys are going to start offering me, you know, you know, 10% off or a buy one, get one or something like that, I'm way more apt to start shopping with you than, you know, Joe Schmo down the street, right. essentially. Yeah. And even more than just, just like you said about the free stuff, it's, it, to me, it's it's even more than the free stuff. It's just the rec- recognition, uh, you know. That yeah, that, I'm a valued customer. Yeah, I'm mm-hmm. a valued customer. I mean, I, where am I going to go? Somewhere I'm not appreciated. Somewhere I am appreciated. Or someone right. the store that just gave me a birthday yeah. offer that I actually remembered. Oh, yeah, last week was my right. birthday. So I'm gonna go in and get my yeah. free cake or something. Right. So. Hey, free cake sounds good to me. Um, yeah, you <laughs> know, I. Yeah, oh, exactly. Yeah, yeah, tie it all back in. Um, no, I mean, I think that's a great point. Uh, I think every industry is feeling the pains of everyone sort of having that same standard. Um, If you're a successful business, you sort of have either the same technology or a very similar product offering as some of your competitors. And the way to stand out is by delivering quality experience. I think you're seeing a lot of um, hospitality-based businesses, retail-based businesses, restaurants, they're feeling that need to go experience first because that's what's drawing people in and it's what keeping people as customers. Um, so, okay, we've brought up a lot of challenges, a lot of good aspects of bringing delivery to your restaurant, um, but I think we need to tie it all back to how do we make this all possible? How do you implement a rewards program? How do you scale out drivers and order all your really expensive, fancy, eco-green packaging, all that good stuff, we're going to tie it back to software. And we're going to tie it back to one of Granberry Solutions' products, Thrive POS, Thrive with exclamation point, which I love. So tell me, how is software taking all of these programs and turning them into opportunities instead for the restaurant delivery business? Well, with an in, in, uh, software that has an internal loyalty program built into it. So every time you have these customer points where you're, you're reaching out to them, you're touching them, whether it's an online service or they're coming in and you're getting that information from them, their, their name, their email address, their phone number. Uh, so each one of these touches, you're, uh, you're getting information about them. What are they, how often are they coming in? How much are they spending? If you're able to get a little bit more information from them about birthdays and so on, that's even better. But as you create all this, uh, if you tie it into your point of sale, that's one spot where it has all this information. So whether they're ordering online 
or they're coming in uh, and how often they're coming in. It's all managed through your point of sale. So the, the, at your fingertips, uh, if that person does do the old-fashioned thing and call in, uh, when they call in, their, their name shows up and it reminds you they, they have an allergy or uh, there's a, you know, hey, they're a great customer. You might want to greet them a different way or, or make sure you reach out to them ab- about some things. When it's all tied in, so that's, that's kind of the point uh, of all this is you're able to have an online ordering process that goes into your point of sale, a, a loyalty program and a marketing program as well. So, you know, some, the points, point of sale now can reach out to those customers automatically with customer-driven uh, programs. You know, they go 30 days without coming in. You can send them a little message. So tying that on to the point of sale kind of just makes it easier for you, makes it easier to have that information at your fingertips. I really like to touch point on that. And a lot of customers now when they get a point of sale system, there's a lot of third-party avenues you can go to. And to kind of eliminate your stress and concerns as a business owner, you want to have a one-stop shop. You want to have a point of sale system that's going to do everything for you. So if anything does go awry, you have one person to contact. If you need any help, it's one person. You don't want to have to go and call your three different other uh, other online ordering services. You don't want to have to call your your loyalty system, whoever's handling that, or you then have to reach out to your point of sale system. Right. Having all of that integrated in and on one feature for your point of sale makes it a lot easier to, to manage your business. And it gives you full control over the financials of it all. You know exactly how much you're paying. You can allot for that business-wise. And like Eddie was saying, that entire customer database is there for you. So you actually can better assist your customers rather than having that database lie with one of these third-party uh, softwares, essentially. So you're seeing this software help with back-end and front-end aspects of the business? Both oh, yes. The, inventory both control, inventory, yeah. mm-hmm. manual labor scheduling, how long your delivery drivers have been out, full reporting functionality over nice. every anything and everything that goes in and out of your business is a necessary and a must in today's world for a restaurant owner. What are some examples of actionable decisions a company can make based off the data they get for like, let's say, how long drivers are spending out on the road or customer engagement with like what coupons or ads they seem to be reacting well to? Yeah, well, I'm just going to say for And those are just some examples. You yeah, those yeah. are great yeah. examples. Yeah, great oh, examples. Okay, good. Great <laughs> examples. So just to touch on the delivery aspect, if you're noticing your drivers are taking a lot more time, you see that, then you can obviously try to restrict back your delivery zones, kind of make it a little bit easier for these drivers to get out there, give them a... And in turn, that gives your customers a, fans, a faster response time. So the guys that you actually want to get food out to the quickest are in your area, so you're not wasting, you know, 30, 40 minutes driving across town to get this, this food out to them, essentially. Right. So though you technically like lose the radius of who you're getting the yes. people that you are serving you're doing a much job yeah for. much higher service and they're going to notice that they're going to appreciate that in the long run which obviously spreads word of mouth from these guys you know i've gone to so many restaurants just because my friend said that this is an amazing pizza so i have to try it out so mm-hmm. That goes a long way for sure. And there's a lot of uh, management with delivery drivers, that, it, you know, just beyond what we're, we're kind of on the surface. There's uh, uh, miles. How, how far are they driving? Uh, what, what are hourly rates, uh, whether in store or out or on deliveries? Uh, managing, just like Ryan said, uh, you know, setting a, um, setting a goal, how long these deliveries should take and being able to manage that. Uh, are certain drivers quicker than others? Is there a reason why they're quicker than others? Do you need to manage where they are? So this point of sale can also tell you where those drivers are. So if they're lost, uh, if they didn't follow the directions you gave them or if the one that's on their phone that you gave them, 
uh, you can see where they are and that can inform your customers uh, and also get your uh, drivers where they need to be. That's another big thing now because there's a lot of states that are implementing a $15 hourly wage. So that's the question that's being brought up a lot is, do I want to pay my delivery driver $15 an hour, then send him out while he's making 15 and he's still getting tips and all this as well. So that's a that's a pretty high paying job right yeah, there. I mean, if bad. I was a college student going through and I got paid fifteen dollars an hour with tips, I'd be pretty happy yeah, about that. So you need to have sure. something that can, you know, take in, you know, okay, well here's your delivery driver while they're in the kitchen and allocating those time differences between on the road versus tips and their hourly salary. So you can actually keep making sure that they are making that fifteen dollars an hour while not overpaying them right. or something. And the the point for the loyalty programs was that these softwares like Thrive POS are allowing um, really actionable decisions based on how customers interact with some of your coupons or some of your branding or initiatives. And then you can make some actionable decisions on, okay, what content works well with our customer base? What, uh, what ads do they really enjoy? What products are they actually wanting to spend the extra money on? Or do they not care about if it's buy three, get one free, right? Yeah, I would say specifically with our loyalty system that we have set up with the Thrive Point of Sale, uh, it's really good because it gives you full tracking over how many emails were sent for this specific offer, how many were viewed, how many were actually clicked, how many were redeemed. So I always tell my customers, you need to go through and check these offers out, you know, just on a weekly or a biweekly basis, see what that return value is. You want to make sure that you have a high return value on these because if not, then it's a dead offer going out. Customers aren't going to participate in that. And if they're not participating, there's no average ticket sale at that point. So always keeping track of what offers are out there and making these adjustments to keep on top of the game. I mean, it doesn't. It sounds really simple, but if your offers aren't doing any good on you for return value, then why not swap it out with something else that's going to get customers in the door? And that's exactly what the system can help you guys track is seeing which one of those has the highest return value and shuffling out the dead offers, essentially. Well, Eddie, Ryan, I've really enjoyed chatting with both of you on the podcast today and getting to learn more about the pain points of the delivery restaurant industry, but also some of the ways that software is coming in to alleviate those challenges and actually turn them into opportunities for success. So to to wrap things up, if we're looking at either a restaurant that is looking to break into delivery or one that already has delivery but is feeling those challenges and wants to overcome them, what should their first step be? How do they begin to implement this kind of comprehensive software into their day-to-day workflow? Well, I, you know, to start on the bigger picture before you move into and, and make any of those decisions, make sure. sure what's going on in your four walls is perfect. You know, right. sometimes we forget one of the easiest answers is make sure I'm executing everything I do in my restaurant perfectly. Is, is the food right? Am I staffed properly? If I send out promotions to increase my sales, will I have the staffing to uh, greet those sales and, and make that uh, experience great. Right. Uh, and once you get that kind of set up and you want to move forward, then you know you, you want to get a system that's going to help you own your customer experience, whether that's through uh, your, your online ordering experience or how you deliver and the process we've already mentioned here today uh, about packaging and uh, you know making those signature moments transfer to a delivery order. But you also want to get a software that's going to uh, let you connect with your customers, create a dialogue with your customers. We didn't even talk about apps, but apps is a great way to create a dialogue through push notifications and uh, and, and then also manage all the pieces that go with uh, this type of experience, whether it's delivery and, and so on. But getting something that's going to make it easier for you. I, I know, um, you know, if you can make 
in the restaurant is, you know, we didn't mention, but I, I worked in restaurants for many years, 26 years. And boy, anything that can make my life easier, I was all for. Yeah. Because that's how I started every, does this make it easier? Okay. All right. Now, let's take a look at this. Right. That, that should be the bottom line. Yeah. Because, you know, running a restaurant is hard and uh, there's a lot of moving pieces and you have to manage a lot of people and you have to, and, and you're, not, you're, you're serving product that has a shelf life, you know, so there's all these different moving pieces. So imagine, uh, imagine setting yourself up with a system that makes it easier for you to connect with your customers and reach out as, to your customers and make them come back more than uh, more often. Yeah, I would definitely say that kind of as a new restaurant owner coming into this market space and definitely kind of feeling out how you want to take your industry and where you guys want to move, I would always consider online ordering presence as a very, very kind of top on that list just because yeah. of where everyone's going nowadays. Um, if you're in a business right now that's already got company or, uh, customers coming in through the door and you're thinking about online ordering, I'd probably say go ahead and do it if you're thinking about it. Yeah. Um, definitely take a look into the online ordering services in your area. See if, you know, if it's a high population urban area, residential. You know, you want to kind of plan all these things out whenever you're building your location. Like I said, if you already are have your restaurant, you're, you're going through these changes, I would definitely start looking into it now and, and just make sure you're reviewing those hitting costs, whether it be, you know, per order transaction fees or any merchant transaction fees, things of that nature. Just try to get down and cover up as much money as you can before you actually launch any of these services. So it's going to actually help you move your business forward right. rather than slowing you guys down. Right. Yeah. Because I mean, sometimes helpful tools can actually be detrimental if you don't have you know, your core foundation of the restaurant ready to go. Yeah. And you, you try to bring in all these solutions. Really, all it does is mess everything up. You could get yeah. blindsided right. and totally miscalculated it entirely and not have any idea of how busy you might actually be when you launch online right. ordering. And then you could shoot yourself out of the foot having two or three right. people that need to be there at the during that shift to help you make food, essentially. So, right. Love it. Well, Ryan, Eddie, thank you both so much for joining us on the podcast. Again, it was a pleasure again to chat about Thrive POS, Cranberry Solutions, and really just the general state of the delivery restaurant and how they're trying to supersede some of their um, some of their major challenges. So thanks again, and it was a pleasure getting to chat. Thanks, thank you, Daniel. Thank you, Daniel. Appreciate it. You have a good one, guys. Thank you so much, Daniel. And thank you, everyone, for listening to today's episode. And if you like what you heard and want to listen to previous ones, you can head to marketscale.com slash industries and subscribe to previous podcasts, articles, and video content from your favorite industries. And make sure you leave a rating and a comment wherever you listen to your podcast content. I'm your host, Daniel Litwin, the voice of B2B. Till next time.